0: Well, hello, everyone. I'm Pastor Steve Dickerson, and I'm back. Uh, Colette and I just got back from a time away, and uh, it was the month of June, and we had a great time. Today, we talk about freedom, freedom to be instruments of grace. There's an old song, it's in the uh, Old Testament in the Psalms. We don't have the music, but we have the lyrics. This is Psalm 119, 41 to 45. And here's what I'd like for you to do. Um, I I think if you have your Bible, go to Psalm 119. This is going to be in the New Living Translation. But you will have the words on the screen too. And I would like for you to try to read this with me And I'll read a a portion, and then I would like for you to read it right out loud, wherever you are, responsively. okay? Here's the way it goes. This is a song. Lord, give me your unfailing love. And then you respond, the salvation that you promised me. Then I can answer those who taunt me. Your response? for I trust in your word. Do not snatch your word of truth from me. You say, for your regulations are my only hope. I will keep obeying your instructions. And you say, forever and ever, I will walk in freedom. And you say, for I have devoted myself to your commandments. Let me tell you that we pride ourselves as Americans. We think about freedom that that came through revolution and war, but real freedom comes from following God. And that's our thought today, that we can be instruments of grace in the hands of God, and we have the freedom to do that. We may not always have that. As you know, many of the freedoms that we enjoy as Americans have, have been really curtailed, really cut back. But I want you to know that we are a nation based on freedom. And I pray for that to be so. Freedom in the best way, freedom from sin, and the hope that Jesus gives us. So I want to start out sharing a, a scripture with you that is really the purpose statement, the real meaning of life for Jesus. He shared this, and it was recorded by Luke in Luke 4, verses 18 and 19. This is Jesus speaking. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Oh, I pray. I pray that this would be a time of the Lord's favor. I don't know if you've had a chance to uh, plug into all of our messages these last few weeks, but last week, Pastor Sean talked about the the purpose of the law, and he had shared with great passion about the, uh, of grace and, and how the law and grace work together, and that was from Romans 7 last week. The purpose of the law is really to just point out sin. It's to point out when we do things wrong. And the purpose of Jesus is very different. It's to save people from sin, not to just point out their sin, but to save them. And I think we really do a disservice to people when we as Christians think that it's our job to point out people's sins. And so we go around telling them everything they're doing wrong. That is not going to be welcomed. That is not the way to do it. And that's not what Jesus did. Jesus pointed out hope and salvation and grace. And that's what we need to remember. Now, the law may keep us from doing wrong if we obey it. Uh, we don't need to talk about how you drive on the freeways. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I think that sometimes it's easy to think that we can go seven miles above the speed limit and be okay. I've talked to law enforcement officers, and they've told me that's true. So is the legal limit seven miles above the posted? Hmm, You have to deal with that if you're going to obey the law. I'm going to go with grace, and hopefully, if I encounter a police officer, there's going to be grace. Uh, You know, I don't know. The law may keep me from doing wrong, but it's not able to help me be good, just not bad. But get this. Only grace can make me good. Really, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to connect with our spirits and to restore the image of God and help us to be the kind of people God imagined for us to be. Grace, the blessing of God, is what makes us good. To have goodness, righteousness, all these things that come to us when we understand the work of God in our lives. Our um, text today reminds us of our purpose in Christ. This is found in Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. It says this, Do not let sin control the way you live, and do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Interesting, that word instrument. Our our goal here is to not be instruments of evil. Well, how do we do that? We need God. We need the Holy Spirit to do that. But I, I did a little study on this word instrument. And here, I've got the answer for you. You probably are wondering, what does this word instrument mean in the Greek? Hoplon is the Greek word. And it means, are you excited? It means utensil like a really good fork. Don't you love to have a fork when you're eating? Or a spoon or a knife? Those are great. I love those. Those are are wonderful. It also can mean this word tool. Do you have a favorite tool? I have a cordless drill. I love that cordless drill. It's just, it's fabulous. Uh, Do you have a kitchen gadget that you really love? Oh, okay. But this word Hoplon is especially used for an offensive tool for war. It's a weapon. This is the word for weapon, an instrument, a weapon. So really it's saying don't become a weapon of evil. Uh, We are no longer to present our bodies as weapons to be used by sin because Christ has come. He has died. He has forgiven us. He has covered us with his blood, covered our sins, forgiven us. And he's done this for the cause of righteousness. Now, I have a grandson, Luke, and he's just the right size for this little suit of armor I had. I had a suit of armor. It was plastic, so it wasn't really very uh, protective or anything. But it's the armor of God. And so it's really cool, and I took it to him, and I gave it to him, and he was so excited, he wanted to put it on right a bit. Wait, so we're strapping this on, we put on the belt of truth. And so he really liked that. He really liked the the body armor, the breastplate of righteousness. And it says right on there, righteousness, so cool. Shoes of peace, and and the shield uh, uh, of faith, uh, really cool the helmet of salvation and i got it to him just in the right time cuz he kind of has a big head and it's not going to fit for a long time but but the helmet of salvation was there and he loved that it has a little visor comes down and protects him but what he really liked was the sword the sword of the spirit and 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 that's the word of god and and he loved that because he could he could hit his sister and 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 stuff like that and and so i'm not sure ted was excited but luke put on the whole armor of god and it was kind of fun but i think about that we need we need that truth and faith and salvation to protect us in this world where there's so much evil i think about that and and this sword I was thinking about this the other day, that a a scalpel in the hands of a trained surgeon is a weapon of war against cancer. Isn't that an amazing thing when you think about that? They cause you harm in helping you. But it does. And so here is a truth that I'd like for you to think about. Maybe even write this down. That we are weapons of goodness. You you think about what's going on in our nation right now. There's protests, there's all kinds of people up in arms doing all kinds of crazy things, some using weapons. And we are called to be the army of God. We are called to be weapons of goodness. Not to do harm, but to do good and to do it for God. Now, don't let the media... Don't let your emotions. Don't let anger consume you. Don't let self righteousness get you or any other thing. Get in front of God. Don't let those things control you. I think of how many times when we become angry, when I, and I become angry myself, and and that anger seems to control us instead of God. Don't let those things control you. Be a weapon of goodness, not of evil. Really, say no to sin. That's kind of the idea. Um, But verse 13 of this passage goes on to say, instead, it says, don't do this, but instead of doing that, give yourselves completely to God. So say no to sin and be an instrument of grace. You're an instrument of sanctification. You are set apart for the purpose that God has for your life. Not for the purposes that you imagine. It's not about you. It's about what God would want of you, for you, through you. You are an instrument of grace. The Bible goes on to say, For you were dead, but now you have new life. Now the Lord may ask some to die for him, but he asks all to live for him. The next verse says, So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Now, here, here's the problem. Most Christians try to do right. Now, Pastor Sean talked about this last week trying to be a good Christian on our own efforts. But we can't. We can't. We can't do it. We, we, we shouldn't even try to do all that that is right in our own eyes or in our own strength. Because we will fail. Quite likely, we will fall. But we can do those because in Christ, He gives us the strength. And, and there is no freedom in that kind of life where you're bound to the law of trying to do right. Be a weapon of grace. You have the freedom to choose to be that weapon for God. Verse 14 says, "Sin is no longer your master. Woohoo! Yay, sin is not my master. I hope that you'll just proclaim that right now. For you no longer live under the requirement of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. You live under the freedom of God's grace. You have the freedom to be an instrument of grace. So we are weapons for goodness. And the next thing I really want you to catch here, write this down. I am free. And how is that possible? It's by the grace of God. Now we might think that we're free because we're Americans. Well, we're seeing how that freedom is working out for us right now but we are still free in Christ. I want you to know that um, this will not be a surprise to you, but I am certainly far from being perfect as a, as a person, all right? Um, but I do feel glad that I've never been tempted to do any kind of uh, illegal drugs. There, There's really been no strong desire. They, they don't really offer me anything, and and so Let me just tell you, if illegal drugs ceased to exist, nothing for me would change. It wouldn't be any big deal. Uh, So if the laws about the sale and the use of, say, heroin, suddenly changed, I would not be affected in the least. I'm not going to use any heroin, whether it's legal or not. Do, Do you understand what I'm saying? Heroin has no place in my life. So the laws restricting me from buying or selling or using any kind of substance like that, they're really irrelevant for me. They have no meaning for me. In other words, I am not under those laws. I hope that that's true for you. But imagine someone whose life has been so wrapped up in that, and and they have just lived for that hit. But then they've been redeemed and, and they, they've so completely transformed and, and they've lost all desire for anything sinful. And, and they no longer want to be subject to the laws, not just concerning heroin, but all laws. That person could live the rest of their life as the laws and policemen and courts and prisons didn't even exist because it's not going to be something in their life. Rules restricting that behavior would be irrelevant. And this according to the Apostle Paul, is the potential of someone who is subject to the transformational power of grace. The law can't do it, but grace can. Now I have to tell you, I have a niece that was under the control of heroin. She became a heroin addict. She started with marijuana and moved on from there. And it it was hard to kick that habit. She couldn't do it on her own. But she did eventually get free. By the grace of God and the support of her family and even the court system, because of all of that, she's clean today. The court forced her to stop or go to jail. And they gave her the tools to help her stop a, a, a grud, drug court system. And God gave her hope for a, a better future. And and God gave her love for herself so that she didn't need or want to do that anymore. She no longer needed the false truth of heroin. She found something better. She no longer needs laws against drugs she has grace. The past is behind. The present is, is where she lives now, and the future is hopeful. I went to her graduation from drug court. This is probably about five years ago, and the judge brought donuts. It was the friendliest courtroom I've ever been, and it was really it was a celebration. It, it was like a graduation, or, or it, was, it was her graduation from drug court. Um, it was a commencement. Uh, you know, a celebration like a commencement, we, we kind of had a lot of people miss commencement this year, but we don't understand what commencement really means. We think commencement means the end of high school or the end of college. It doesn't mean that. Commencement actually means a new beginning. It, it, it means to move on. That's what commencement is. We commence. We, we don't celebrate what we've done. We celebrate what we're going to get to do. So we we get it wrong when we think commencement is the end of something. It's a new beginning. So I remember that weekend when she graduated from drug court. And it just so happened that I wanted to go to church and there were some other things going on. And so she and I went to church together. And I just did not ever think that was going to happen. And it just blessed me so much to do that. I mean, praise God, she is still clean and free she's far from perfect and yet so am i but god loves her god loves me and and his grace has saved her from this sin be an instrument of grace i know that i'm far from perfect and i daily need god's grace but i have been saved and i'm being sanctified for a higher purpose it's like what the apostle paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, he says this, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. You see, I am an instrument of freedom. And God is calling you to be one too. He has a higher purpose for your life. What are you doing to help make it so? You are an instrument of freedom. You've been called. Press on. It's hard to do it. You know, I had the privilege of being here for the worship set tonight, and it was so much nicer to be here live in person. I look forward to the time when we can be back together. I don't know if it'll be in two weeks or two months. I hope it's sooner. But I want you to know it's a time to press on for all of us. Press on. In some of my research for this message, I found a note in the commentary I want to share with you, and it says this. Our skills, capabilities, and bodies can serve many purposes, good or bad. In sin, every part of our bodies are vulnerable. In Christ, every part can be an instrument for service. It is the one to whom we offer our service that makes the difference. We are like lasers that can burn destructive holes in steel plates and do delicate cataract surgery. That's the living applica- New Living Application Bible commentary. So, under whose control will you continue to place your life? Will you be an instrument, a piece? Will you be a weapon for goodness? Will you not allow emotions and other things to crowd out the truth, the will of God in your life? You're set free from sin. I know many of you who are part of our church, you've heard this before. You know the, the, the law, and, and you wouldn't want to break any laws. But I hope that you're living by grace, and living by the truth of God, which not only has the power to tell us what's wrong, but to help us do what's right. And that's what God wants from you today. I ask you to make this your prayer today, and it's kind of a restating of the purpose that Jesus outlined for his disciples so long ago. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, let the Spirit of the Lord Be upon me. Anoint me to bring good news to the poor. And who is that for me? Who is someone in my life who has needs? What can I do to recognize that and to be your instrument to meet those needs? We all need you, Lord. I need you. Send me to proclaim that captives will be released. Free me from the fear to act in love in this time of crisis where, where so many of us are afraid. Lord, may we be set free. And may we trust you. And Lord, we don't want to do anything stupid. We, we want to use the sensible measures. Help us to follow those good guidelines. Lord, let us seek to minister truth, to be an instrument of truth. Lord, I think about that, that you want to show me how to grow in grace and truth. And Lord, let the oppressed be set free from sin. And let me tell people about how that can happen. Let us all do that. And Lord, may this too be the time of the Lord's Great favor, come again with your spirit and favor us so that we too may truly bring honor to you. Lord, may we be instruments of your grace and peace and hope and truth. And may we do it all for your glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. So one more thought as we go, and maybe you could even say it with me. I am free. I am free. Not because I'm American, but because I know Jesus. And I am an instrument of grace. God bless you this holy weekend.